What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Beast Mode Podcast. My name is Aaron Bees. I'm a wife, a mom, a military veteran, and I spent 13 and a half years in multi-level marketing. Healed my way out of it, and now I'm using all of my social media platforms to educate and raise awareness around the dangers of multi-level marketing. I'm really excited about this episode. I know I say that. I feel like I say that on every video and every podcast. But I have my new friend, Gabby, here, and Gabby is going to share her perspective on being a kid and watching a parent in a multi-level marketing company. So Gabby, you want to say hello to the listeners and kind of, you know, explain who you are and, and all of those beautiful things? Yes. So my name is Gabby. I am a 30-year-old ex-Mormon lesbian living in Utah, which I think is the MLM capital of the world. My mom has been in and out of MLM since I was a baby. I have a picture of her holding me and my older sister next to her pink Cadillac. Um, And that's like, I think one of her prized possessions that she has is is that picture. But uh, she's jumped around many times from Mary Kay to Maluka to Avon and then Rodan and Fields. And she's a jump back and forth between multiple ones, multiple times. And right now she is in Melaleuca. So yeah. Wow. That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot to unpack. Um, I think that the people that are in multi-level marketing companies, they are buying off on the dangling of the carrots. And I've talked about this before. I know for me, I kept joining companies because I was like, wow, you know, this, this can work. Maybe it's the company that's not right for me. Maybe it's the product that's not right for me or the company was bought out. And then they, you know, I didn't agree with, with the company, for example, like slumber parties was my first MLM. And then they were bought out by pure romance. And I wasn't a fan of how things were being processed and run and all of that. And I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. Um, And there's lots of MLM coaches that say, well, if somebody joined one MLM company, they're going to join another one. And I think that it's because they are hoping that it's going to take them to the quote unquote financial promised land, you know, and it just never happens. So tell us about some of your first memories. Um, If you can remember, you know, what it was like, obviously being a 30 year old, um, 30 years ago. 25 years ago, they were doing a lot of building multi-level marketing companies in person. Social media wasn't really a thing at that time. And so maybe you can share kind of what your life looked like, maybe some earliest memories of, of, you know, hey, my mom has her own business kind of thing and just go from there. Yes. I remember when I was younger, I think even before I started elementary school, you know, I'd have babysitters come over and my mom would be in her office. And I remember like going in there every once in a while, she'd go up to her desk, you know, I didn't have any idea what she was doing, but you know, she was working at the time. I think those are my earliest memories of her doing that. And I I do think it's very interesting, the, uh, the difference of MLMs, like pre-internet and post-internet, which is, like, I have, I don't know how, like, how would you even do that making phone calls to people and like, <laughs> instead of just doing it over, over social media, but yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, so back in the day <laughs> before social media, uh, your, your prized possession was like your Rolodex. So business cards, phone numbers, those types of things. 
And so, yeah, there would be a lot of phone calls. There would be a lot of like in-person party type things. Right. Um, those were very, very, very popular, no matter the company, in my opinion. So um, in-person meetings, in-person party type things, depending on the product and lots and lots of phone calls. And I think that I love that you're seeing that the difference in pre-social media and now social media and, and people having access to so many other people, whether it's through hashtags on Instagram and those types of things. And, uh, you know, they're so sneaky now and how mm-hmm. they are marketing and being promoted like affiliate marketing and stuff like that. So I love that you're, you're seeing that the differences like, Hey, they used to have to do phone calls and in-person stuff. And now they're really relying on social media. And I think that's dangerous because they're able to kind of rope in people on a bigger Mm -hmm. scale, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So crazy. So your mom spent a lot of time in the office. Yes. In the office. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you, do you feel like looking back that you lost time with your mom because she was kind of buying off on this, this dream that she would reach this financial promised land? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I do feel like, um, she found her most success in Mary Kay, which was her first one. And then since then, I feel like she has been chasing that, you know, getting the car and like yeah. the stage walks and all that stuff. And she's still chasing that because she's done it once she can do it again. But uh, I don't think she's ever quite had that success. Um, and then so when I was getting older and I was spending less time with my mom because I was a teenager and stuff, um, I, th- I, do, I did notice it for my younger siblings because I'm the second oldest of seven. And so with my younger siblings, I would notice her not coming to like sporting events and things of that nature for my mm-hmm. siblings. You'd be like, where's mom at? You know, and they're like, oh, she's working, she's working, you know, but, but now I know like what that actually is. And it's like, ah, oh, like, I wish she could disconnect herself from that and be more a part of the family in that way. Yeah. I think for me, that's, that's a, a big regret of mine is the fact that, you know, your kids are only little for so long Mm -hmm. and my kids are 15 and eight. Uh And a lot of the time um, that I spent quote unquote working was when they were little. And that part is really frustrating because there's moments that I missed because I was on a zoom or I was, you know, creating social media content and different things like that. And so I think that that's probably, that's probably my, my biggest regret in all of this is missing those moments. Um, yeah. And I, I wish I, I, I should have said this at the beginning, but like, we're not, we are not doing this podcast for those of you listening. We are not doing this podcast, you know, to bash Gabby's mom by any means. In fact, um, I hope that she does get out. I think Melaleuca, if, if that's, you said, that's a company that she's in right now. Um, if a company has to create documents in their back office showing why they're not an MLM. (laughs) They're probably an MLM, you know, Um, no other, no other industry teaches people that work in that industry to, to defend what they're doing and say, oh, well, no, it's not this. 
their network marketing, multi-level marketing is the only industry that does that. And I find it really fascinating. So yeah. did you ever, when your mom was in Mary Kay, did you notice a lot of product and stock around? Like, did she have a room where she kept stuff? I'm just curious. Not everybody does. I, I think she did. I think I remember her having a closet that was pretty full most of the time. And then also when she was in Rodan and Field, she had a lot of inventory just on hand at all times. Yeah, a lot of these companies really promote what we call front loading in the, I don't want to say hope, but they basically paint the picture like, well, if you have it on hand, people are going to want it. And that's not always the case. A lot of times people, you know, will buy a bunch of product and then it's sitting, you know, like in the closet and we're talking about something with an expiration date. Most things have an expiration date, you know, but we're talking about makeup and skincare. Those things do expire. And the sad part about it is the distributors, they buy all this product so that they can have it on hand. It sits there and then it goes bad. Essentially, you know, the expiration date passes and then who loses and all that? Well, the distributor does. They're the ones that came out of pocket. The company got the product or got the money for that product. They don't care, you know, most times in my opinion. And then that distributor is stuck with all of this product on hand and they're sitting there staring at it. Like I spent all of this money and it's just sitting here and going bad. And that's frustrating. Yeah. That's really hard. So did your mom go to events and things like that? Yeah. So if for Mary Kay, I remember at least one time when she was out of town at some event. Um, and then I think for Avon, she went on a couple trips with that one and mm -hmm. then maybe one or two with Rodan and Fields. Yeah. Those trips are so expensive. I don't know how much you know. So like if you have questions, um, about different things, feel free to ask because I, like we were talking about before I started, I, I want you sharing your story to be a healing process for you and hopefully your siblings as well that experience this um, without shaming or, or, you know, talking bad about your mom. I want to do this in a respectful way. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that a lot of people don't realize about attending those events is the fact that they are paying for these events. They're paying to get there. They're paying for the hotel and the food and all of that stuff. And at those events, it's just a bunch of hype. It's just a bunch of inspirational stories. And in, in my opinion, they're using it um, to indoctrinate their people to keep believing, keep, keep fighting the good fight, keep, you know, keep believing in the company and this industry and the products. And, you know, you're doing the right thing, keep ordering the new stuff. And they typically will have, you know, tickets to the next event at that event. So people are you know, buying for the next event because they're hyped up on dopamine. There's loud music. They're seeing their friends. Everything feels really good. And they're, they're not, in my opinion, based off of my experience, thinking kind of logically. They're like, oh my God, I got to get the new shirt. I got to get the, the new products. And they are already out, you know, thousands of dollars, depending on where they're traveling from. And they're walking away with very, very little business training. It's hyped up as a business training, but there's not really any business training. And I've been a part of six companies. Uh -huh. So, and with every company I've been to training events. And so it's the same thing, loud music, lots of dancing. Um, it feels very much like 
church and the dancing and, and, you know, all of that stuff. And it's confusing for a lot of people, you know, and I had folders, hundreds of folders of information that I wrote down that felt really important at the time. But when you really step back and you look at stuff, you realize, well, that wasn't really any business training that didn't help me with anything, you know? So I don't know, maybe that, I hope that kind of fills in some of the gaps as far as your mom attending events and stuff. Yeah. Do you think with all of the separate businesses and events that you went to that it's mostly all the same, just kind of like a bunch of brainwashing? I I think I've heard you say before that, you know, you don't get to eat much and it's like super late. Were they all like that or just specific ones? Um, some events are, are very organized. You know, you have a schedule ahead of time, you know, what classes you're taking. Some of them are like that and others like with prove it, it was very, we will be done when the objective is met, which nobody knows what that means. And yeah. And so you're just kind of in it for the long haul. So you either miss out on training, which FOMO is a huge thing. You know, you don't miss out on training. You never know what you're going to hear. And if you are so hungry that you step away and you go get something to eat and you're missing the training, you're, you're guilted and shamed for that. Um, so I, as far as like a structured schedule, every company is a little bit different. I think prove it is in my opinion, the worst because you just don't know. And then you're encouraged. Like you don't know when you're going to get a break typically, and then you're encouraged to drink more ketones. Well, that basically means that these people are fasting, you know, and, um, I just think that that is extremely dangerous. So every company, as far as the structure is a little bit different at these events, but the, the underlying tone of them, I think are pretty much all the same. We want you to believe in the company. We want you to believe in these products. We want you to believe that you're on the right path. You're going to get here. Here's some motivational stories. Here's some inspiration. Here's some guest speakers, um, that we've paid to be here and they're, 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 Hey, you're in the right place. You're doing the right thing. So that underlying thing is pretty mm-hmm. much the same in my opinion. When you, um, so what, what's the difference between like you want a trip or a vacation versus the convention? So those like yeah. mix at all? Uh, not typically, usually the free trips that they, and I'm, I'm using air quotes. I know you guys listening can't see that, but, um, I'm using air quotes because the trips aren't free. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, uh, you have to pay to get there and maybe they, they cover the hotel accommodations or whatnot, but here's the thing. And I talk about this a lot. Um, those free trips, again, using air quotes, uh, typically you're paying the tax on those trips on your 1099. So as somebody that is in an MLM, you're actually a contracted 1099 employee for that company or contractor, not employee, 1099 contracted employee. It would be like if I hired somebody to come in and paint my house and I'm paying them, they're, they're, it's contracted work. And what the company does, depending on the company and depending on some of the benefits, like if you are in a company where you can earn free product based on your, your sales every single month, the tax on those goes on your 1099. It's counted as a source of income. Uh, the free trips, 
you're going to pay tax on that. That's going to end up on your 1099. If it's the hotel accommodations, or if they're part of a company where they do pay the airfare to get to that trip, all of that stuff ends up on the 1099 as a source of income that people have to pay tax on. So it is uh, a bunch of smoke and mirrors pretty much when it comes to these quote unquote free trips. Mm-hmm. And I think you still have a car from, from one of your companies. I do. Yeah. I was a car earner and prove it. So I have uh-huh. a Range Rover that I was getting $800 a month. Um, and then towards the end, I just stopped, you know, I just was like, this doesn't feel right. And I started questioning a whole lot. Um, when you're a car earner in the, in these companies, you have to qualify either for a lease or for um, an actual car loan, which means you have to, they run your credit, of course. Sometimes you're going to have to put a down payment down, which is what I did. And then if you don't qualify, depending on the company and the comp plan, if you don't qualify, you don't get that money. And then you have to pay, you have to pay out of pocket for that car. So it's not like, uh, in the corporate world, if you have a company car, they take care of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they would give you like a, um, a gas card or something like that, you know, and, and it wouldn't come out of your pocket like it does in these MLM companies. So it's, again, more smoke and mirrors. Right. Yeah. And then um, I did kind of wanted to ask you or hear you talk about more. Um, I, don't, I don't want to turn this into me. No, this like is great. Asking you a bunch of questions, but... <laughs> I, uh, I do feel a lot more comfortable asking the questions than answering questions sometimes. But, yeah, um, ask away. I, just remember that whatever we're talking about, the whole purpose is to help people, uh-huh. you know? And so there might be other kids out there that their parents are in an MLM. They find this podcast and they're like, oh my God, I was wondering how that worked. So yeah, if you're more comfortable, ask away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I've only started listening to anti-MLM content for the last like six months about. I've only found, I found you and JJ at the same time about like maybe a month or two ago, but, um, I didn't know that the ranking was only on like a month to month basis. Yep. And I'm, and I think that is absolutely crazy. Like, yeah, the stress that must bring to try and keep your rank, or if you're trying to re-rank and then you don't, and you lose all these things and you just got to keep trying. It's like, looking at a a business point, I'm like, oh my gosh, like that is insane. (laughs) Yeah. It's that part of it is really, really hard because at the end of the month, everybody pushes to, to get all these sales and, and hopefully get some new team members. And then the first of the month hits and you're completely exhausted because you just spent the last three or four days, you know, going crazy, doing lots of lives and all kinds of stuff messaging a bunch of people and then the first hits and you got to do it all over again. So in MLMs, it doesn't, you're constantly working. And the example that I give, and I talk about this all the time is, you know, keeping plates spinning. And so in MLM, if you're somebody that is a quote unquote leader, you have customers potential customers that you have to take care of, but you also have team members, you know, and obligations to the team and different things like that. And these are all spinning plates, you know, and it never stops because if it stops, if you stop working, everything crashes. 
And so that's why people are constantly just working is because they have to. And a lot of those people that are constantly working are not making, they're making hardly any money. We know that from the income disclosure statements. We know that from, you know, the, the data from the AARP report and also the FTC, that there's a lot of people that are, they're just, they're working crazy hard and they're hardly making any money. And then you add on top of that, when somebody chooses to leave because they're like, this doesn't make any sense. And they kind of have a, like a wake up moment. They victim blame and shame that person. Like they were lazy and didn't work when they were working so much and not seeing profit. It, it, it's, it's so crazy. Do you, so I was watching, um, someone's video a couple weeks ago and they had, were showing a top leader, can't remember who it was, but it was showing her and her kids. And she was like, Hey, do you guys want mommy to put the phone down? Mm. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, that is absurd. Like, why would you film your children's ask, like asking them that question? And then why would you even like post that? Like, I, that's embarrassing to me. And like, it is embarrassing. Um, but when you're in an MLM, you don't think stuff like that is embarrassing. You think that you are, I mean, I can, I can immediately go back to what I think her mindset might be. And that, in my opinion, was her trying to flex on time freedom. But for people that are not in an MLM, we're like, why would you put that? Why would you put that up? Why would you post that? Like, why, you know, why? And, and MLMers have to, um, there's pressure, not have to, there's pressure for them to share every aspect of their life. There's no boundaries. Um, and the reason I think that that happens is because they're trying to portray this lifestyle. Look at me, time freedom, look at me, financial freedom, look at what I just purchased. Look what I just did. We're going on vacation. But what people don't see is that when they're on that vacation, they're on their phone the whole time. They're stepping away from the vacation with the family because they have to get on the training zoom. Cause if they don't, they're going to be shamed. They're not taking their business seriously. So there's a lot of, uh, I guess the best way to, to call it is kind of fine print pressure uh, to portray that lifestyle, even if it's not something they can financially afford. In my opinion, th- there's just pressure to maintain that. They use the lifestyles posts and the, you know, the income claims and different things like that, trying to recruit people. And that's what she was doing, in my opinion, on that, that video. I can't remember whose video that was. Um, where they were like, do you want mommy to put the phone down? That was her trying to say, look at me with my time freedom, but there is no time freedom in multi-level marketing companies. Right. It's just not a thing. Yeah. Uh, I have watched um, a couple of your videos when you go back and review yourself. And I love those. Um, Thank you. It's, it's super funny because I feel like I, in your old videos, I can see my mom, like how she is now, just like yep. very intense and this and this and this and this, you know? And then now seeing your videos now and how you're just like relaxed and calm and patient and you listen and it's a a beautiful difference and I appreciate it very much. Ah, Thank you. Yeah. You know, that is one of the things that, that I feel like people are taught in MLM. If you're going to do live videos, you have to have this crazy energy. I think that there's a certain amount of uh, toxic positivity behind that. 
mm-hmm. you know, where everything is great. You know, everything is awesome. These products are amazing. This company, this team, this, everything is so cool. You don't have to worry about it. Like, I'm so excited about it. my life is so great. But when you look behind the screen and you look how they're working 24 seven and hardly making any money, I mean, they're making less than prison wages in most cases. If you really look at the numbers, if they have an income disclosure, and again, that's just my opinion, but um, it's, it's sad. Mm -hmm. They're lonely. They're working constantly. You know, they're the relationships and in those types of things are all transactional. The second you leave an MLM, you're, you're outed from that community. You're exiled from it. You know, it's like, it's like religious cults. You know what I mean? You, you get exiled from that. And these people that said last week, Hey, I love you so much. You're so incredible. All of a sudden they've blocked you. And it's very, very lonely when people leave multi-level marketing companies. Right. Um, can I ask if you're religious at all? Uh, I'm spiritual. I'm not really, I don't follow like and yeah, you can ask that. Absolutely. Um, I'm not, I'm not religious. No. Um, had, were, did you see a lot of faith manipulation in your time in MLMs? Um, yes, I de- we definitely see that in, in lots of companies. Um, a lot of Christianity based faith manipulation, but then there's also kind of this subculture of of spiritual manipulation, you know, you're, you're on this zoom for a reason. You were, you were brought here for a reason. You're seeing this post for a reason, you know, everything is in alignment. If you just got goosebumps and these are like, I used to say stuff like this, you know, if, if you had goosebumps from that, it's probably for a reason. Um, but maybe those goosebumps were caused because, you know, they said something that was really deep for that person, you know, and, in I just don't think that people's higher power, whatever it is that they believe in, is going to guide them to a multi-level marketing company where people are losing a lot of money and that you have all this toxic stuff that comes up. I just don't believe that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that most or a high percentage of people in, in, in MLMs are Christians? I think that there are, are a lot of Christians. I think there's a lot of uh, people within the Mormon community as well, depending on the company. Uh, a lot of essential oil people um, I have experienced are within the different uh, essential oil companies. Uh, I also know that Modare has a lot of people uh, within the Mormon community as well. And so I think a large quantity, a high percentage, just like you said, is probably Christianity based. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's also, there's also a lot of people within the Mormon community that are in these MLMs because it's pitched to them within their, their close circle of friends. Mm -hmm. I, I always am kind of like thinking about that and wondering like, what, what is that connection? Is it because, I mean, for me, I see a ton of Mormons in MLMs. Is it (laughs) because I don't know if this is good to say but because they're easily they're easy to manipulate you know because they're already kind of in this cult-like religious structure are they absolutely you know is that the correlation is it something else I think what it boils down to is trust in relationships that have been built if your closest friend from uh whatever you know what do they call it in in 
it's not sect. What is it called? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Wards. Yeah. So if you have people that you have a relationship with in your ward and they're like, Hey, I found this new business, you know, and, and you should check it out. I'm having a get together. And then you're like, well, these are my people. So naturally you go to this thing and they're painting this picture like, Oh my God. Or maybe the leader comes to the event and they're like, look at this. And this essential oil cures all of these things. And, you know, on top of that, you can start a business and you can make some money and, uh, that relationship, that trust that's built carries a lot of weight for a lot of people. And then they get involved and they're like, I'm doing the right thing. And yep, I'm going to the training. And uh, they don't stop because they are so intoxicated by the idea of financial freedom and you know, being a good servant of the community and helping people that they don't stop to realize they're not making any money. They're literally bleeding out money, but it's, I think that it's, it's because of the trust of that relationship. I do think that there are very, very big similarities between cult-like religious uh, groups and multi-level marketing companies. Some of the tactics, in my opinion, are the same. Um, and that's, that's really scary to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think in your time in MLMs that you, were you ever at a point where you were like consciously like manipulating people to get them to join? Or did you get to a point and you're like, no, like I, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm assuming that's what, I, what happened. Yeah, no, that's a great question. You know, when I look back and I think about my time in MLMs, I thought I was doing the right thing. I really genuinely thought I was helping people. And it wasn't until 2020 with the pandemic and quarantine and all of that stuff where people were being laid off and losing their jobs and how traumatic all of that was for so many people that uh, Prove It launched what they called the Keto Dollar Club. And it was essentially a way to get people into the business for a dollar. Normally you pay $49 um, for their promoter fee and uh, you get in. Well, they were changing that from $49 to $1. But what they weren't saying was that they were encouraging people to still buy the starter packages. And so for me, when that was rolled out, and I, I just, it made me sick to my stomach. I said, I'm not, this doesn't make me feel comfortable. I think I probably promoted it a couple times. And then I was like, why does this feel so uncomfortable to me? And that was when I realized I don't want to recruit. And I've, I was always a pretty consistent recruiter uh, in the past. And so I was like, why do I not want to recruit? And I had to really kind of sit in that for a minute and, and really 
unpack that because that is a very big part of being successful in these companies. And if you're not recruiting, you're not going to be successful. You're just not. And so for me, there was a very distinct switch. I, I was believing in what I was doing. And then they launched this program. And they even at one point launched a uh, hand sanitizer that people could buy when there was the huge shortage of hand sanitizer. And that felt like a cash grab to me. And it felt really icky. Um, and I didn't like it. And so I think it was a slow process, but I really did believe at first. And then it was kind of like, well, I don't like that. And I don't like that. And I don't like getting on training where my, my leader, my, somebody that's supposed to be my mentor is just talking about themselves. I don't like that. What is the training that we're getting? Where's the business training? Where's yeah. So I think it was kind of a slow process. Mm -hmm. I I think it's so interesting with uh, the pandemic and because I think a lot of people were joining MLMs at that time. And I think we're just starting now to see the aftermath of yes. people realizing what it actually is and people are leaving. And now uh, with the anti-MLM movement and I think it's, it's all going to start crumbling very soon, especially in Utah. I feel like everything in Utah is like a couple of years behind the rest of the world. And so I feel like in a couple of years, like anti-MLM is going to be huge here. So yeah. I'm, I'm hoping uh, we can get that moving in the right direction. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I definitely, uh, I definitely think that the anti-MLM movement is, is making an impact for sure. The, the content that's being put out on the different companies and the awareness. And I definitely think that these MLM companies are, are feeling the movement. And that gets me really excited because I think at the end of the day, we all just want to know that we're making an impact and helping people. And the fact is these MLM companies are, are not making an impact unless you're at the top of the pyramid. Um, and they're definitely not helping people. So. Oh, I had a question about some burner accounts for you. Sure. So did you create multiple burner accounts when you were in your MLMs? No. No. Mm -mm. I'm assuming you've heard of people doing that though. Oh like yeah. It, yeah. I think that, you know, people have multiple social media accounts. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, mm -hmm. there are uh, people that have like a, a business style Instagram or whatever, and then they have their personal. And I think that that's cool. Um, what we're seeing, and I'll just use the, the CEO of, uh, I call it Mona, as you know, but the yeah. shampoo, and he has several, allegedly, several burner accounts where he will actually go in and will troll some of the anti-MLM content creators on their Instagrams and stuff. Uh, in their stories and different things like that. And it's it's been alleged to me that they've figured out that that's him. Uh -huh. um, I don't think that that's the norm. I don't think that most people in MLMs have multiple accounts. Uh -huh. uh, that wasn't a thing. I didn't think twice about something like that in when I was in an MLM. So uh -huh. okay. um, let's see. I have a question for you. Go for it. What, what for you has been the hardest thing watching your mom participate in multiple MLM companies? I think trying to, or just watching her 
try to figure out what she wants to do because I know she wants to contribute to her family she wants to be successful and there was one point about a year ago where she kept saying oh I know which one I want to join I want to join Mary Kay again and at that point like I wasn't completely aware of what exactly MLMs were and so I'm like okay sure go for it but then like the next week she's like you know what no I think I'm gonna do Rodan and Fields again I'm like okay and then like the week after that she's like you know what I think I'm gonna do Maluka and it's like looking from an outsider's standpoint I'm like that should probably be an indication that you shouldn't be joining an MLM if you just keep bouncing back and forth trying to figure out which the right one is for you and I just hate thinking about how much time energy and money she has wasted her whole entire life trying to reach this dream and it's so sad it makes it like breaks my heart because I think my mother is wonderful talented and a hard worker she just isn't putting that into the correct correct things yeah so um I've been really trying to just show her that especially in today's age with the internet you can do anything you want you know you can waste your time pouring yourself into your own self and creating your own business and doing anything of anything you want pretty much and I just don't think she quite understands that yeah I mean she's a little older she's in her like early 50s and I don't think she exactly knows how the internet works but (laughs) like I've been trying to like show her and like you can create an Instagram and you can talk about, you know, whatever you want. And like, I want her to get on YouTube and just like talk about all of her experiences in her individual MLMs. But she's always like, oh, I've never had any bad experiences. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not true. Like <laughs> you had to have at least had a few bad experiences. And I think if she can take a step back and like deconstruct that, yes, maybe one day she'll be able to see all of that. And she could tell probably so many stories, but yeah um a a couple things on that so one of the messages or a type of message that i get often is when people actually do step away from the mlm and they realize how much money they've spent people actually will send me this is the amount of money i lost over whatever time frame um buying these products and going to these events and it's shocking for a lot of people for me personally when i got out of prove it last summer And all of a sudden I had all this extra money. So here you think when you're in an MLM, you're like, oh my God, I see money coming in, but you don't realize what you're spending in most cases on, you know, the new flavors or the new product or, you know, these, these things that kind of happen over the month, you don't realize you're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm stocking up. There's this huge sale at the end of the month. And so for me, I, I remember this very clearly. I was having a conversation with my husband. We were standing in the kitchen and I was so worried about this car payment. I was so worried how we were going to do this because, you know, at the high point of this, I was making about $6,200 a month. Um, and so I was like, how am I going to make this, this $800 car payment? You know, and he looked at me and he was like, we're fine. We're actually way more in the green than we ever have been. And for me, like that took me back. Like I, it, it, it stunned me because I was like, how can that be if I was making, you know, all of this money, you know, I, I was a six figure earner towards the end of my time in Prove It. And I'm like, 
how can that be? And it's because a lot of people in MLMs don't realize what they're actually spending on their business because they're not taught to run it like a business where you're, you're looking at money in, money out, profit loss statement, that type of thing. They're just not taught that, you know? And so they're like, oh, well, I'm going to order this. I'm going to have it on hand because somebody's going to buy it. But a lot of times people don't buy it. So they're just spending money and not realizing how that impacts their family. Mm-hmm. The other thing is when you're in an MLM, you don't see a lot of these things as negative experiences. You don't see it that way. It's only when you step away and you get out of the MLM and you start to, to really think about, well, why does this, why did that feel so uncomfortable? Well, it's because of this, or, you know what? I do remember that. And at the time I just thought it was because I wasn't working hard enough or whatever, you know? So like your, your mom, um, and I, I do hope she gets out soon so that she can start like living her life. Cause really after you leave an MLM and you start the healing process, that's when you really are able to see what is the most important thing in your life, you know, and it's, it's those time that the time and those memories with your family that are the most important. And, um, so I hope she gets out. Have you, it's, it sounds like you're, you're having some conversations with your mom about this. Yeah. I think the last six months maybe like once a month we kind of uh get into it a little bit I do think that uh, that's one thing that she's taught me how to do very well is talk and communicate with people who don't have the same ideas that I that I have and so I mean sometimes we'll be like yelling at each other and then I'll be like I'll be back for five at dinner you know but (laughs) I love you but I'm upset (laughs) yeah yeah and I I think she's she's kind of starting to understand it and like all my siblings were we're all very sarcastic so we're always like joking and making fun and so like we we kind of like poke at her yeah not just to like get her to kind of like wake up a little bit but yeah I think she might uh I don't know I don't know though maybe uh we'll check back in next year and see (laughs) yeah I mean have you ever talked with your mom about the Melaleuca income disclosure statement I have not talked to her about any of that I don't think yeah for just for your information you may want to look that up and look at the stats Mm -hmm. Um, They do have one. I'm looking at it right now. So if you need me to send it to you, let me know. This is from 2021. Um, There's a lot of, I don't know what rank your mom is, but yeah, I'll just, we'll just leave it at that. Like just Google Melaleuca income disclosure statement. It should come up. Um, Mm -hmm. I always look for uh, the income disclosure statement that comes directly from the company. You'll notice as you start to research some of these companies and um, that there are people that have a website and they will link their information. They'll pay for it to show up um, higher in the the search and stuff like that. Uh Um, But I always look for the income disclosure statement that comes directly from the company and Melaleuca does have one. So Mm -hmm. for your information and and maybe digging a little bit deeper and finding out like what rank your mom is and asking some questions. The hard part about all of this is that you really have to you really have to wait for that door to be kind of cracked open. And what I mean by that is when somebody, if somebody would have come to me, if a loved one would have come to me when I was in an an MLM and said, Hey, Aaron, have you ever looked at, you know, this or that? Have you ever thought about this or that? I would have immediately dismissed it. Mm -hmm. And I would have immediately put them in the category of, they just don't get it. 
I don't need them in their life because that's what MLMs typically teach people to do. If they don't agree with you, you don't need them in your life. They might use undue influence to, to get that message out, but that's, that's essentially um, what they do. They treat these people, in my opinion, like they're haters, but these are your closest loved ones, you know? Yeah. Um, and so you have to kind of wait for that door to be cracked open. You have to wait for a little bit of cognitive dissonance to show up. And what I mean by that is those little pauses, the little questions. So like when I was questioning the keto dollar club, I was, that was massive cognitive dissonance. I didn't understand it at the time. Um, but down the road, as I had more of those moments and when I found the anti-MLM, uh, anti-MLM content, that was when I understood and I was able to put a term to what I was experiencing and sometimes the, the emotions that come up when that door is cracked is anger. I was mad when I first found anti-MLM content because I was like, everything she's saying is right. And I was upset. I was mad because I was like, well, here I was a part of this. And I was kind of one foot in, one foot out. And I, it, I was confused by it. And in that confusion, it made me angry because I was like, I'm doing the right thing. But then everything that was being said whether it's the front loading or the events or, you know, the culture that they, a lot of these MLM companies talk about, everything that was being said was correct. It was happening in multiple companies. I'm not somebody that was just in, in MLM for, you know, a couple months. Mm -hmm. I have a 13 and a half year history with multiple companies. And in each company, these things were happening. So it was like, I couldn't deny it. And I had to really work through those beliefs. And at first it was anger. So I guess my advice to you with your mom is let, not let, but watch for those moments. You know, when she brings up, I just don't know, you know, and she's kind of questioning things that door is cracked open. So maybe just mentioning, you know, Hey mom, have you ever, have you ever looked at their income disclosure statement? And, and just kind of posing it as a question instead of a statement mm. and allowing her to kind of work through it because you really do, there's so much programming in, in MLMs, you know, and it takes time to kind of process through that. Yeah. She, this happened a couple of weeks ago. She got a, a medium sized check and she told me, and she was kind of excited about it. And, you know, I didn't really say anything. And then the next month she got a check and it was probably like less than $50, you know, and she was like, huh, like that's, that's kind of weird, you know, and I just had to like bite my tongue and like mm -hmm. not really even say anything just cause like, so I can see the wheels turning like a, yeah. a little bit there, but. You know, and maybe if that, if that scenario happens again, maybe you can say something like, um, but how many hours did you, did you work to make that? I mean, did you work a lot of hours? Did you work every day this month or this past month? You know, how many hours did you, did you work? Do you feel like that's worth your time, you know, and maybe starting to ask those types of questions might help her to, mm -hmm. you know, I did work a lot, $50 like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's actually a great question. Yeah. And maybe that's just, true. I think that anytime you can ask a question instead of making a statement, um, it's always going to be received in a better way, especially with this scenario, because they, maybe they, hopefully they don't feel as attacked uh -huh. because they're taught 
these companies teach these people when people question what you're doing to attack them. That's why they have like, you know, the smear campaigns and stuff of, of people that have left mm-hmm. is because they have to protect that. Because if cognitive dissonance spreads within their organization, they're not going to have an organization. They don't right. want that getting out. Yeah, I, I like that. I do, I do need to ask uh, ask more questions instead of being like, this is how it is. This yeah. is how I see it, you know? So yeah, uh, I mean, you're not of- wrong. <laughs> Just add a question mark at the end of what yeah. you're doing. So hopefully your mom can, can go, oh, you know what? That's a good question, you know? Yeah. 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 Very cool. Yeah. Um, I love how this turned into an interview <laughs> for me. <laughs> I, I know. I, uh, I, I'm going to, this is going to end and I'm going to have like 50 more questions and I'm like, darn it. I just reach out. Okay. Cause, yeah. uh, yeah, I'll have to reach out because it, sometimes I'm watching your videos or someone else's videos and I'm just like, I wonder. And sometimes like going more into like the psychology of being an MLM, MLMs and being, you know, hun bots and stuff. I find yeah. it, I find it very interesting, but it is very interesting because the deeper that, in my opinion, the deeper that you get into the MLM, the less you're yourself, mm-hmm. which is what you see when you watch my old, old training reactions, you know, it, it literally is like watching two different people yeah. and that happens over time. The longer you're in it, the, the, the more sacrifices, uh, you're going to make because that's what you're coached to do. You know, whether it's, well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to skip dinner with the family. Cause I'm gonna get on the zoom, or I'm going to go to this event, even though it's my kid's birthday that weekend. I, you know, I, I, t- I want this to be successful. So I'm going to make these sacrifices and you become less and less yourself and more and more about the company, um, that I, my whole closet used to be full of prove it shirts and stuff. And that's all I used to wear to the, to the point where, when I got out and I got rid of everything in my closet that had anything to do with prove it or my former team, I was like, I don't have any clothes. Mm -hmm. So like you become less and less yourself and more and more a walking billboard for that company. Right. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. Um, Can I ask you about your, your husband's perspective? I don't think I've watched any of your content where you're talking about your husband, but did he ever get like in the beginning, was he like frustrated with, the time you were spending? Uh, In the beginning. So that was 2007. And that was, I was with slumber parties. So I was was out uh, doing romance parties several times a week. And he was, my husband's always been very, very supportive. Um, And at that time he was also building a business and I was working full-time and then also doing parties. And the thing with parties was um, I would sell a product because I carried stock. And then I had a little bit, I had a little bit more flexibility when it came to actual money coming in. For example, if I sold a product at a party and we needed the extra money, I probably wouldn't reorder that to replenish my stock. I would keep that money so that I could, you know, pay our bills or whatever um, we were needing that extra money for. Um, But he was always really supportive. And when I started to talk to him about getting out and how I didn't, I I didn't feel comfortable and, you know, all of these red flags, he got really excited. So I think that there was a certain amount of 
yes, he was always very supportive, but I think in the back of his mind, he was probably feeling a lot like how you feel with your mom, like, mom, how can you not see this? Uh-huh. Um, and so when I got out and, and especially with, the, I mean, I, I would have got out a lot sooner had it not been for the car payment, which I do think that these companies and these leaders use the, the car bonus and stuff like that um, as an insurance policy for their paycheck. That's just my opinion. Um, Cause I would have got out a lot sooner had I not had this car mm-hmm. and it took him saying, we'll figure it out. Don't even stress about that. Meanwhile, I stressed about that and it's all been absolutely fine. But I think those types of things keep people in a lot longer, mm-hmm. um, which benefits the leader in the company, you know? Right. So he was supportive, but he was also very excited when I got out because he was like, I have my wife back. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta think about this. I mean, we got married in 2005. I started in an MLM in 2007 and I just got out in 2021. Wow. So our, my entire, practically our entire marriage, I've been in, in an MLM on zooms, attending events, you know, jumping when my, my leader needed something done or whatever. And so now there's this peace in our household that, mm-hmm. that we didn't experience before because it was constant chaos. Yeah. Have mm-hmm. your kids noticed a difference in you? Do they say anything? Yeah. My daughter actually was talking to me yesterday and she's like, mom, you were weird when you were in your uh-huh. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> He's 15. And um, she was like, you just used to, you know, you just weren't here. You weren't available. You weren't, even though you were here, you weren't here. Mm-hmm. She was like, you used to talk about everything with the company, like all the time. And she was like, you didn't do anything else. And she was like, I love you, but you're kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> Kids are not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> they see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you working now or do you just do YouTube and stuff? Yep. So uh, I'm not working now. I don't have any plans of getting a job outside of the home. Um, because I am, I take care of the kids, you know, I'm taking them to school and, and home with them this summer. And, I really have enjoyed it. And so it's just creating YouTubes, recording podcasts and living my life, which has been really beautiful. It's the first time I think that I've had boundaries uh, around my life in general, you know, since getting out of an MLM, you know, so it's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, So you were in the military for a bit. Do you think um, when you were first getting recruited to your first MLM, was that, do you think that had something to do with it or because you Absolutely. were? Okay. Yeah. The person that recruited me, her husband was in the military. So that's how we knew okay. one another. Um, and that was essentially how I was recruited. So when I got out of the military, it's, it, you know, you, the military is a, a very large community and you're spending lots of time together. And so when you get out and there's a, a disconnect there, you're looking for another community because you've lived that life for, for me, it was the last four years. Mm-hmm. And so to not have that anymore in the same capacity, I was definitely looking for a community. Mm-hmm. And so I think it made me uh, on top of being a new mom, it w- I was definitely in a vulnerable place. And there's a lot of people that target the military community. There's a lot of companies and people within MLM that target new moms that are really struggling with their, their new role and identity. And it's, uh, it's really disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I, I served a Mormon mission and 
that was one of the things that they told us is to look for people who are going through changes in their lives or people yeah. who you know, just had a death in the family or a marriage or lost a job, you know, all these things because uh, that's when they're most vulnerable and they're going right. to be more susceptible to anything, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's really sad um, that MLMs do that, that anybody does that. I think that if you have to look for kind of pain points in order to close whatever it is you're trying to close, whether it's a religion or, um, you know, a community or a spiritual, you know, whatever, um, an MLM, I just think that that's really gross. If, if whatever it is, is that great, you should be able to quote unquote, recruit people when they're at their best, mm-hmm. you know, with all of the information out on the table. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have a, a, a pain point story that you tried to hook people in with? Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, the struggling with being a new mom, absolutely. Yeah. The, um, definitely with, with weight, you know, gaining weight after having children and, and those types of things at the time I did not see it. And I think it's important. We talk about this at the time. I did not see it as emotional manipulation. Mm -hmm. When you get out of an MLM, you look back at some of those posts and you realize that's exactly what you were doing. And that's a hard thing to process because I really felt like I was helping people by sharing these before and after pictures. But the thing is when you're in a health and wellness MLM, and you're not allowed to say weight loss. The FTC, the FTC is like, you cannot say that because that is a health claim. And so they get really creative on how they present this. So with prove it, it's fat loss. Hey, this helps with fat loss. Um, however, many of these people are posting before and after pictures like myself, like I did. And the only focus in showing that and, and mentioning how much weight you lost with this 60 hour fast and such is weight loss. So you can say anything that you want to say, you know, it's fat loss and and all of these things, but that picture is telling people, Hey, this is for weight loss. Look at the before and after picture. Um, And I think that that's really problematic. And I think that that is really manipulative. So yes, I did that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can I, can I ask you, uh, or maybe we can talk about one more thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I, cause Jesse Lee was your, was she your main upline when you were in? Yeah. Proven? She was my direct upline. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I've watched some of her crazy videos of like her in her bathtub, you know, yeah. and, and I like, I don't, I don't enjoy her, but at the same time, I find her so interesting and in, like just analyzing her behavior. Um, yeah. And I watched one of her like Instagram stories when she was in Europe or something. And there was this one lady who like, she pointed out in the crowd and she's like, oh, I saw you yesterday at my meet and greet or something. And this lady had like a complete like God presence towards Jesse Lee. And it's, it's, it's so strange that they are treated that way. And yes people see um that highly and in my mind I'm like that woman is crazy but just the how people treat her yeah 
You know, and it's really interesting too, because when you go to these company events, these people are, they're treated like celebrities, you know, people are running up and they want pictures and, oh my God. And, you know, they're following them on Instagram. A lot of the, a lot of the followers that some of these people have, in my opinion, um, are people that are in the company. You know, Mm -hmm. those are the ones that are interacting. Those are the ones that are acting like they're interested in their product or recruiting or whatever, you know, joining the team, that kind of thing. Um, but outside of it, most of most people don't even know who they are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Jesse Lee specifically is pushing more into like the entrepreneurial space. You know, that's why we're seeing her go to these masterminds and things that are not associated with with MLMs is because she's trying to become more popular outside of MLMs. And I, I have several speculations. I think it's because she does want to become an MLM coach mm-hmm. down the road or currently. Um, and I think that she's trying to become a business coach as well. And so uh, it's very interesting to watch her now. That's definitely not the person that I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's just, this is the real version of her. I don't know. Yeah. Um but the, the idolization of these leaders that are at the top because they're recruiting people that are losing money mm-hmm. is really disgusting. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for being on. I, this yeah. was, I mean, this was a really cool conversation and I hope that by you asking questions, maybe it, it has helped you with how to navigate some of these conversations with your mom and and hopefully uh, your siblings. And ultimately, I just hope that you continue to heal and that your mom gets out of that MLM because they don't make any money. Unless you're at the top, you got in early, you have a large following, you know, we see all of those things. Um, And it's okay for people to connect with you on Instagram. I'll put put your Instagram profile in in the show notes. People may have questions. They may want to reach out and, and ask you some specific things. Maybe you know, there's going to be, uh, people like you kids that have a parent that's in an MLM and they want to ask those questions and stuff. So I want to create that space or, mm-hmm. or connect you guys, um, uh, so that you guys can create that space. I think it's important, but yeah. Well, I thank you. Yeah. This was awesome. I hope I, uh, was able to talk enough that you have enough content. So yeah, for sure. I hope it was good. Yeah, no, this was, this was awesome. I appreciate you so much and thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you. And if you wouldn't mind, um, you know, giving me a good review, dropping some comments, I would love that. Um, I appreciate all the feedback. I appreciate every listen and I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye everybody.